0: Welcome to Ganja and Grigio by a Bouquet Agency. We are a multicultural team of talented women with various skills and backgrounds. Together, we discuss all things cannabis, branding, innovation, go-to-market, bud tending, training, and so much more. And welcome to our clubhouse chat. Betty, Jamie, how y'all doing today? Oh, I'm Good.
1: living the dream today.
2: <laughs> living the dream. Can't can't complain. <laughs>
0: yeah i cannot complain today betty we're glad to have you back today and we're going to roll right into it we're going to roll right into it you know we're continuing continuing our celebration of women's history month on ganja and grigio i don't want to kick things off with a brand that can do no wrong in my eyes when it comes to campaigns or ads nike nike honors the seemingly quote-unquote magical accomplishments of black women by highlighting that the successes are not at all magical. They're the results of blood, sweat, and tears. Um, women put t- together, excelling at whatever game they're playing, whether it's um, on the field, on the court. And you know, for the me, the commercial touches on a few personal points, you know, being a woman who played sports, you know, growing up, oftentimes as the only black person, a person of color in, in, in a class, um, being a woman in a career in male-dominated fields, music, and cannabis. Um, Jamie, you know I mean no shade when I ask you this question, (laughs) but as the non-sports person of the group, what did you think of the commercial?
1: I thought the commercial was all about Black Girl Magic. It was, like, the hashtag personified, right? Like, all of the amazing accomplishments, and, like, to me, it's, like, the spirit of Black women. And I thought it was, like... I thought it was really, I mean, I think, uh, agree with you, Nike can do no wrong. Um, And I thought it was really well done. Really well done.
0: Betty, in your experience, what are some key points brands can learn from this Nike campa- campaign about creating authentic, inclusive content?
2: I think a lot of people... Would- should realize nike's been with their agency it's wyden and kennedy it's an amazing agency um since the beginning so when you look at the spike lee commercials with jordan it was wyden and kennedy there's like a whole documentary about it when i look at this particular piece of content i mean you're looking at content that people want to see like i'm asian american i want to see Asian American content. Like, I love what 88 Rising does. I love some, like, what Kinjas just does, right? I think you're looking at, back in the day, marketing used to be at such a wide scale. You would put up billboards, you would buy a bunch of stuff, um, and you just overtly over-the-top message people. Marketing today is, is different. It, it's from the community. It's from the ground up. People want to be a part of your brand. They want to identify it, And it's honestly, it's these communities that move the needle for the product and that overt marketing that used to be done back in the day doesn't exist or is not, uh, it's not successful anymore.
1: Well, you, you look at like a brand like Lululemon, right? And I would say that The reason that they have been so successful as a brand, you know, a global brand is because they're a community driven business. Their entire model is based on community. Right. And like how important it is to tap in to that because that shit sells.
2: Yeah. And you consumers want to be a part of the brand. There's no it's it's no longer like that over the top marketing. It's all, it's all about like building that community. And I know that sounds cliche, but there's so many different routes people can do that's successful and not successful. Right. And you just really have to know, you really have to know your brand. Like Nike knows what they stand for, right. As a brand, you have to know what you stand for.
1: Okay. So like, as always the topic, the question, all of these cannabis brands, none of them know who they are. So is that one of the reasons that, you know, they're not resonating with consumers, that the category isn't growing?
2: Yeah, I mean, look, you want to be everything, right? There hasn't been, you know, I talked to a bunch of my friends in the business who are, look, like cannabis clients are hiring, you know, CMOs that come from CPG or come from, you know, alcohol, right, where the laws are different. How. Cannabis marketing is very much, you got to know the law and you have to know it like state by state, country by country. It's all very nuanced and very different, right? You can't come in and do what you would normally do and go, okay, I'm going to buy Facebook, Google, et cetera, et cetera. You can't do that in the cannabis space. And so knowing what you stand for is really important. I I think a brand that does do it well, right? It is steezy. They know who they are right they know they're gonna buy whether you like it or not they're gonna buy certain influencers who have a certain swag they identify they started from like a very asian-american community because their owners are asian-american who grew up in like you know i'm gonna say monterey park alhambra one of those areas right um that they that they that's how they marketed at first and now they've expanded to other ethnicities and other markets But that's why you see a lot of um, agencies very, very focused on culture and pretty much like ethnicities.
0: Right. Even with our own choir, right, that has a a woman focused brand, we had to break down for him like, look, there's different types of female consumers, right? We have, of course, you know, Jamie, you alluded to it, you know, Black Girl Magic, where Nielsen Report had a whole entire article behind Black Girl Magic and the influence of the Black female buying power um, and understanding where they lie in the marketplace and what influence they have across all sectors of brands, right? And then we also talked about millennial women. Millennial women are influenced by, you know, moving and sales, sales from a different perspective, even within. The cannabis space. You know, they support edibles and uh, vapes and things that are more holistic healing, right? And then we talk about another segment of the older generation that kind of grew up during the war, during the war on drugs, where they want to be now, they're kind of changing their perspective now that they're seeing that their kids are accepting it and they're seeing some types of, you know, legal and state by state, you know, law changes. So you're seeing, even within a, a segment of women, that there's different groups and segmentations within that that we can always, that brands can also learn to care to and, and, and speak to in their marketing.
2: Yeah. You know, a lot of people on a marketing perspective, right? Like people just think, Oh, I'm putting up my ads or I'm putting up my Instagram or like whatever it is. But marketing is a multifaceted thing. It's like, if I put something on it, put up something on Instagram and people are commenting and I'm not responding back, and then that's, you know, a function of marketing, like building community. Uh-huh. So if you're not, res- uh-huh. if you're not responding, people are like, oh, you're a brand that like posts like nice, like nice shit up, like you don't respond to me. So you don't care about my opinion. Right. And so when I used to do, or still do, when we still do festival marketing, music festival marketing, all that marketing starts like right when you announce the show all the way into like the last person gets home. Because anywhere in, throughout that whole journey, something messes up, the ticket didn't arrive to their house or, you know, they got a bad, like lift didn't show up. They had to wait at the shuttle stop for an hour. If you're not responding to those people like you care, it's bad marketing. And I think people like, you have to change that mindset of like marketing is like, now it's very much about that community and like caring. And when people ask like, what if you have hundreds and thousands of fans, that's when you start getting into like some automations, but there is this, this element of a human touch that in some situations are, are important, which is why Nike does well, because all of their videos are very human and very emotional, right? Um, and they, they just know who they are.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you have to know who you are. You have to know what you stand for, right? And when you're able to communicate that back, like on the, you were, you mentioned like the automation front, like you can't automate a connection. Like you can't automate an emotional connection. You either have it or you don't. Right. And so, you know, I think Nike, you watch a, you watch an ad like that. And it, it really does trigger like, um, you know, like an emotional connection to the brand. Like, Oh yeah. Like I fuck with you. That's awesome. Like it just works.
2: And also the people behind it have been with Nike since the beginning. Like well, they obviously the they brand, have. Right? They know the brand in and out. And obviously they they work with several agencies, but the one that keeps everything intact from a branding perspective, they've been with them from the beginning. I know guys that have been with Nike for like 10, 10 plus years, right. you know? So right. you you can you can tell like brand marketing is probably at the ethos of that company.
0: Question, do you think no, I think but well, yeah. And do you think within the next, I don't know five to ten years, as people build more tenure at these companies and they're really understanding the the brand voice and they're they kind of I call it quote unquote, sticking it out because, you know, there's a lot of turnaround, you think, in the cannabis industry with employment and different things of that sort. Do you think that eventually you can get to a point where a cannabis brand has has a Whiting and Kennedy where they have an established voice in the marketplace and they're communicating with their community?
2: I think they'll get it together. I think it's the Wild West right now, too. Like, look, when I was in EDM and even but people would be surprised in the gaming space back in, I don't know, 2014 when I was at Machinima, it was the Wild West. Like no one really understood Call of Duty or League of Legends or anything like that. So people, people thought I was crazy to get into gaming, right? And at that point it hadn't exploded the way that it did, but you knew it was special. You knew that something was happening but how to monetize, like, look, like, I, I think if anyone knows the MCN space, the multi-channel network space, it, like the big boom of the machinimas, the, what were the, uh, dance-ons, like those big MCNs, full screen. Like, full screen, like nobody realized they didn't make money until like two years into it, right? So you had all these influencers, you had big reach, all these big acronyms like high CPMs, blah, blah, blah. Right. And then come to find out, like, you could make, you could do a million dollar deal and YouTube takes their cut, influencer takes their cut. The MCN who brokered the deal gets like a very small percentage. Um, and so I think cannabis is like similar in the same space. Like, there's a boom, high interest. You know they're trying to figure it out. You see hires, look like you make hires because your stock goes up, right? So it's like, oh, I'm gonna hire this big wig from X company, so my stock goes up, right? So there's th- you make moves specifically uh, when you're hiring people from the outside that like, who aren't endemic to the space. You know, there's various reasons why you're gonna do that. One, you think they can clean things up. Two, you think they have the right background. But three, like. Like, here's an example. If one of these companies hired Bozama St. John from Netflix, their equity would skyrocket, right? Because she's a name in the business, well-known, well-respected. She just brings a cachet to anybody's company.
1: Yeah, I mean, the manipulate like the manipulating the stock price like some of the things that i've seen these cannabis companies do uh to get their stock price up is insane just insane you know and it's it's not rooted it's not rooted in any kind of logic or anything like that so it's you know it, it it's it's all for it's all for the um for the stock market
2: her lows pickup happened,
0: Tyra. Literally, that's <laughs> right, what happened. And, and... The
1: Lowe's pickup just happens. Thank you so much.
0: I'm distracted, um, I'm Which is No, you're all right. So now we're gonna change pace um, and talk about something that set the social media world on fire last week when Instagram suddenly, um, quote unquote, unintentionally expanded its test of hidden hiding um, post-like counts to a lot more users.
1: Okay, Um... I haven't had likes for a year and a half.
2: (laughs) Does it bother you?
1: No, I love it. It doesn't, it, you know, I think the likes were like, you would, you would uh, post something and then you'd be like, how many likes did I get? You know, like, did people like this? Like, what did my, what, what did my fans and followers think? Um... (laughs) And now I don't give a fuck. It's just like I posted it and it's off in the ether and it's like, okay, bye.
2: Yeah, as an advertiser, guess who you have to go to? You have to go to Instagram, right? Let's say you wanna do a campaign that's got reach and engagement and all that. Today, let's just say like the likes and stuff like still happen today, you would go directly to the influencer and you would say, hey, influencer, like give me your insights and they would give them, the advertiser, the insights, and then they would negotiate a deal. Now the influencer doesn't have that data. So you have to go to an Instagram rep, right? Basically to do a campaign. I'm an advertiser. I'm just saying, I'm a cannabis advertiser. I wanna target cannabis influencers who have X amount of reach, uh, 50% in North America. I don't know, like demographic, 50% male, 50% female they sit on all the data they sit on all the data the influencer now does not so that's you know Uh, that's that that's you know everyone you know people are saying like oh we're doing that for like i'm just i'm not saying that this isn't true but there's multiple reasons but like bullying right like people are like oh we got to take it out the self-esteem of people however you want to spin it but at the end of the day as an advertiser I can't go to X influencer now if I want to buy because I don't know, do they have the reach? Are they popular? Like, I can't really tell, right? Um, I now have to go directly to Instagram to make that buy if I want an efficient ROI.
0: Interesting. But But to be honest, in my opinion, I think it puts the social back in social media. If we're talking not from a business standpoint, but from just a a standpoint of like, oh, I have this social media profile, right? Sort of like, what's the interesting point of Cloudhouse is that you get to engage with people across different industries, hear their firsthand experiences, and engage with them immediately on the spot, right? And you can connect with them on a different platform in which now you can follow up, whatever the case may be. But it kind of takes, it, it puts the social back in it. Um, to me, you know, likes and followers are always, you know, I consider them vanity metrics, where if you are on the branding side now, when you're working with clients and you're having a discussion with clients, even with our own clients, it's like, okay, yes, we want those likes, yes, we want those followers, but I think you should really show you have a community by saves, shares, comments, those are the things in which I think translates to, to dollars you know, for a brand.
1: Engagement. 100% Actually having a there. conversation.
2: Yeah, I wish we could go back to those days, not on social, but, you know. That's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny. I was just, you know, I, I'm categorized as Gen Y. I was like, really? Like, that's interesting. So I'm older than a millennial. But um, the Gen Zers are just different. You know, I, I've realized that working with uh, Gen Zers, Gen, most Gen Zers, not all Gen Zers, but a lot of Gen Zers are just different. When I mean, you have to be able to, they're motivated differently, you know? So having a team where you have like multiple generations on a team, each generation, each individual person is just motivated differently.
0: So it's just right. so well, it,
2: it, it, it's so different.
1: It goes back to emotional triggers. Yep. What, it, what is your, what do you, what is your, what do you value? What do you stand for? What is important to you? And when you when you have the answers to those things, you're able, you know, like to run a team, you know, you're able to build a brand to get people to follow you. That's what it, that's really what it comes down to. It's about community and building for, you know, what people care about.
0: Well, don't you know, we had, you know, about a year or two ago, we had time before we even started thinking about Gen Z or Simple because they weren't of cannabis legal age. And they're actually starting, they're the next demographic that's going to be coming into the cannabis consumer scope. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting how as um, brands feel like they're starting to catch up and understand their consumer. You're gonna have a whole generation of kids that come in and literally are culture changers within themselves, the same way millennials and their quote unquote label of always killing something is coming into factor as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, your marketing campaign, your secondary, you know, audience typically is your next generation, right? And if brands can afford to market to their primary, which is their their potential buyers well one i guess primary be like your loyalty kind of two is like your potential buyers right that like kind of cross duplicate with your super loyal audience but like your tertiary or even almost secondary is your next generation so you know it's the long game it's totally the long game right and so these understanding the next generation understanding how, how they buy understanding how they communicate. It's really important. And as like people go more towards e-commerce, I mean, look, like in UK, you can, you can uh, direct to sell to consumers in the UK. You can set up your website. You can add a case of hard seltzer, add it to cart, get it shipped to your house. Right. Um, You'll see, you'll see some of that in the next few years, some of that. So, right. If you're an e-commerce platform, then you need to keep an eye out on that type of stuff.
0: I'm glad that you brought that up, Betty, because you work in the e-platforms in an e-commerce platform and the clear KPI at the end of that sales cycle, at that cycle is a sale, right? What are some strategies you see as clear-cut opportunities for cannabis brands in the e-commerce space? So
2: in the e-commerce space, it's it's tough, you know. One people forget like you gotta have your website set up properly. So making sure your website's set up properly. People also forget about SEO. I think the shiny object is always social, but there are some tactical, non sexy things that will help you convert a sale. Right, getting your website button up, getting all the SEO right, meaning having your meta tags right, having your photos labeled properly. And I will tell you, in the middle of going through, um, you know, a project just labeling your photos so they're SEO friendly is like annoying. It's a pain in the ass, but you got to do it. Um, Setting up the right meta tags, making sure your Google business is set up right. Like those are some fundamentals that on your website need to work well. And then it's choosing your e-commerce platform, right? Um, Choosing the right e-commerce platform. So if you're, you know, look if you're a small business, Shopify seems to be the right thing to do. I say Fivo, obviously, um, working for Fivo, I would say, you know, being a social e-commerce platform, you'll see some, some stuff popping up. I would say Q2, Q3 for Fivo, which I think is, is going to be awesome for people to see. Um, and you'll see some of the ticketing guys who are also e-commerce, if you think about it, Ticketmaster, Paciolan, TDC, right? Like they're an engine that sells something. So if I'm a cannabis brand, getting your fundamentals and your foundation set up is important. The social, all of that stuff, the sexy stuff will come. But if you don't set up the foundation, all that media, all that money that you're spending on the stuff that's quote-unquote pointless. sexy, it's pointless. It's pointless. Like you can't retarget people. Like I always call it retargeting like creepy ads. It's the ad that follows you everywhere, right? That like makes you want to buy but like if you don't have your website if you don't have your buy flow tagged up the proper way if you don't like if you don't optimize to see how people are coming to your website where they go and like did they click around and then they like gave up one that'll tell you that your buy flow is too confusing but if you don't have that stuff set up your media buy is a waste of time yeah pointless. that was a- Yeah, that was a long window shit. That was a long answer to your question, Tyra. But I am like, you have to set up your foundation. Like, like blogs help, right? Like people think blog, everyone's like, I need to make a video, I need to make a video. It's like, cool, if you have the budget or if you're talented enough and do it yourself, like bravo, right? But uh, look, blogs are helpful, it's written content and that's how Google search works. They search, they search for words, they search for keywords, they search for, you know, making sure that you're not a fake site that people are you know going to your site from other platforms that you're not just doing like really shady media buys right and like really <laughs> basic stuff like your website loading in under 2 seconds if it loads well, if it takes longer than 2 seconds to load you're already losing points in the algorithm and th- those are, like, key foundational things before you even, like, get into, like, okay, I'm going to do my media buy, my Instagram, my this, this, and this.
0: Hey, Jamie, anything you can add from the Canadian platform perspective?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, Instagram treats us like criminals so you know cannabis companies so you should definitely do all the things that Betty said because you need you need the right foundation it's like all of that is totally she's right it's totally pointless unless you're set up but on the Canadian front we just haven't had likes here for a really long time I've forgotten what likes feel like
0: Uh, to wrap up this week, I wanted to go through, I read this article today, and I love these lists because they are crazy, you know, uh, future predictions of industries and cannabis consumers. And some of them you roll your eye with, and some of them you're like, ah, you're up. So I want to give you guys the topic. and It's a real deal. No, it's not the real deal. Let's do you it. guys ready? Yeah, right. yeah. Let's
1: do that.
0: Um, let's see. Getting stone out of your mind or your out of your gourd will no longer be the gold. Fact or fiction? Fact. Fiction. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you said fi- fiction. So, what do you think, baby? Fiction. <laughs>
2: wait being stoned out of your mind will no longer be is
1: that a goal
0: goal. is that true or false
1: i think that i think that's true
2: but go ahead jamie
1: is wait is the question in in my life or for society
0: (laughs) in your case Jamie, let's let let's say society (laughs)
1: Fiction, fact, fact. I'm going fact. Sorry, for society, for my case, it's fiction, as evidenced by my answer. All
0: right. Uh, let's see. We will stop thinking about weed in terms of indica or sativa.
1: Fact.
2: Fact. The more uh, educated uh, you are, the more applicable that is to. I think brands need to educate people on that, especially a casual consumer. They wouldn't, like, they wouldn't know.
0: Uh, they only see the what's in pop culture. <laughs> uh, but Listen, I'm tired of, of rap songs that talk about Rents and, and the Zaza and, the, like, they're killing it. I have string called Terry Pie that I used to absolutely love. It was one of those quiet, low-key ones. And they killed it, like... These rappers, they kill. They always kill my favorite stream. So we're moving past that. Uh, <laughs> the stigma of being, the stigma of being a weed smoker will all but disappear.
2: How many years from now?
0: Uh, let's say uh, five to ten. Depends.
2: Fiction. Ma- Depends. I-, I can't say fact or fiction. I think and the goal in what region are you
1: talking about? Right. Worldwide. We're like still like.
2: Like 20, no one cares 40, an answer. 50. Yeah. No one cares you know, an answer but now. Like,
1: Yeah, but they sure as hell care in Thailand. Right. They you know, you know like they you know they they sure as hell care in China. They they definitely care in uh, you know the Emirates. <laughs> definitely care there. Um, so it really just depends,
0: right? There we go. Cannabis will continue to be regulated to cannabis only locations.
1: Hmm. Facts.
2: Uh, depends, man. Depends.
0: Uh, What do you Uh, say depends on Betty?
2: Cannabis will be regulated to cannabis. Locations? Is that basically, that's the statement, right?
0: Cannabis won't be. Won't be. Continue to be. Yeah. Oh, won't I agree with that I,
2: I, I agree that it won't be, like, years from now. So what is that, fact or fiction? I don't even know what I just said.
0: <laughs> I think that's, you meant to say fact. Okay. this uh, industry will come to look just like every other industry main consumer product good.
2: I mean, if they can make themselves a lifestyle, which I think that like some brands will, you can see it with Khaliva, what they're doing with Jay-Z. But the question is like, an idea is great. Can you execute on it? Can not like, like when you look at the sneaker community, like, I don't know, back in the day, you, you wore shoes. Sneakers has become its own cultural lifestyle, its own thing. You have publications just focused on it, right? Cannabis, if you can remove the stigma and you can, these are all challenges and goals that as a company, I hold they're set up, but if you can remove some of that, be a part of lifestyle, yeah, I think it's, you know, possible. Yeah,
1: I I think it's going to be everything, yeah, it's going to be everywhere. I think it's, you know, it's, it's, I don't believe, like, I think it's modeled, the business model is a consumer packaged goods model, um, and that all boils down to marketing. And so I think that if brands can market a lifestyle um, and regu- and can play in regulations, you know, really like understand the different regs and how to make things applicable and still compliant, um, yeah,
2: like I White Claw, like White well, Claw, exactly. right? Does, does anyone know what White Claw is? No, but you know, you did. De- it's a it's a thing you drink in the day. It's a lifestyle, like right? It's like you look at something like White Claw, and you're like, okay, can can cannabis do that? I think it's possible. And you have look, you have ca- cannabis company hiring CPG executives. The question is, can they execute? Will they bring in the right teams to, to execute? Well,
1: yes, but it is it is more complex than that than standard CPG. Because, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk, like make that comparison on CPG. But I do think that you have to understand the plant. You have to understand why people smoke weed. And 100%. what are the like and and before you can even get into you know all of these different form factors and all of that it's like like why are like why do people smoke weed and I think you know they're bringing in a lot of executives who like are not with the culture are not with the lifestyle don't understand it have never been around it and you know it's it's it it, it it doesn't work. And so I think to the question, is it going to be modeled after CPG? Yes, I do believe it is, but it's only going to work if they get the culture and the lifestyle piece right.
2: Agreed. And hopefully they'll, those executives hire the right people, right? Like at the end of the day, you can't do it alone. Like I, I couldn't do what I do at FIBA alone. Obviously, I'm bringing you guys into it. I have a full team, right? Like, You can't do it alone. You you only know what you know, because FIVO power is like sports and music festivals. Obviously I know music. I don't know sports. I don't know minor leagues teams that well at all. And so, (laughs) you know, you gotta bring in people that understand the culture of what you're working
1: on. Yeah, but to that point earlier, before I got distracted by Lowe's, I was gonna make a comment about the stock market because, You look at a lot of the decisions that have been made with cannabis brands, especially in Canada, and you know these companies going public and what that means for their investors and their stock prices and all of that, and and they're not making decisions um, that are based on the culture and the community. They're 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 making it based on um, metrics that don't matter.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: For a long-term business.
0: Totally. All right. Well, thank you guys for wrapping up a wonderful uh, episode of Ganja and Grigio. Um, thank you. We we, we we talked about some good stuff today, guys. Thank you. See you All next right. week. So, yeah. See you. you next week. All right. Bye. Bye.